This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. So what is customer experience? Customer experience is really multi-channel interactions between customers and your company brand, and those multi-channel interactions strengthen the relationship. Did you know that according to Gallup, when customers are engaged, companies make 23% more revenue. That's pretty powerful. And to get to engagement, you really need to dial in more about customer experience. So when we think about that, and we think about the ways that people become more engaged with your brand and your organization, it would be through repeat purchases they might make. Maybe they might purchase larger orders Perhaps they would establish an account with your company or organization and not just be there as a guest to purchase something. And perhaps they would purchase more frequently from you. At the heart of really dialing in customer experience, though, is what we would call value creation for the customer. So as an organization, you have many experiences that you can offer to your customer. And what's important is What are the experiences that that customer is likely to choose? So customer experience is really about making those interactions convenient, relevant, and reliable for the customer. Not you, but for the customer. So let me give some examples. One of my banking clients initially put a whole lot of work into creating a wonderful customer service experience inside the bank, only to discover that their customers wanted to use more remote and less in-person contacts or interfaces with the bank. So the client then focused on creating a much better digital and technology solution with online interfaces, which was their customer's preference. So the bank thought, well, the best way to provide customer service is in person in the bank. And the customer said, no, the best way you can give me an optimal experience is if it's more digital, more technology driven, more remote, and I can do it from wherever I am and not have to come to the bank at all. So that's an example of an organization really having to think about what was important to the customer and not necessarily from their own point of view or their own reference point. Another example would be maybe an airline example. I typically fly on United Airlines, and I know that United is very concerned about making sure that they have on-time departures. Now, of course, to some extent, we as customers, we care about that too. Maybe not to the same radical degree, however, that the airline might care about it. So I'll give you a couple of examples. There was one time I was coming back from a business trip, 
And it happened to be on the same day as my wedding anniversary. Clearly, I was trying to get back in time to celebrate. And so I was going to meet my husband in Denver. And we already had a hotel booked and everything planned. And the first flight that I was supposed to take kept being delayed and delayed and delayed. I was put on different flights out of Chicago. And so finally, it got to the point where it looked as if I was going to miss the last flight out of Chicago going into Denver. So when I arrived to Chicago, it was really so close and so tight. I had less than two minutes to get to the gate. And if you know the Chicago O'Hare Airport, I was as far away from the next gate as I needed to get as you can possibly be in that airport. And fortunately, I knew the airport very well. And the gate agent upon my arriving gate said, oh, there's no way in the world you're going to get over there. Well, I was running and flying through the airport. And when I got to the gate that had my Denver flight, I heard them call my name on the intercom. And then they looked up and said, are you Wilson Starks? And I said, yes, that's me. And they said, okay. And then they said, we have the last passenger. So when I jumped on the plane, the plane was completely full. One seat remaining, which was my seat. They had delayed the flight so that I could actually get on the plane given that it was the last flight of the evening, and they don't usually do that. And I was just so amazed because then I was able to quickly text my husband and say, yes, I'll get there in Denver, and he wouldn't be at the hotel by himself on our anniversary. And so that was a time when on-time service was less important, at least to me as a customer, than in being thoughtful enough to wait those extra minutes for me to get on that airplane. Another example would have been a time when I was on the plane and there were about three people who were from a foreign country. They didn't speak English very well and the flight had been delayed. So we had been told, well, the flight's not going to leave until X hour. Turns out the flight left a little earlier than what the airline thought was going to happen. Two people from this three-person party made it back to the airplane, but the third person was still out on the concourse getting food. And so the airline said, well, we can't wait for them. We're going to have to leave. And the ones who were in the airplane, they were all sharing resources. So they had the passports of the person who wasn't there, and they had money that belonged collectively between the three of them. And the one who was left in the airport didn't speak English. So those of us who were on the airplane said, oh, well, no, you really can't do that. You can't just leave this person with no money, no passport, and no language skills you know, here in the United States. And they really were inclined not to listen to us. So finally, they came up with the solution after a while that the two ladies who were on the plane, because initially they wouldn't let them off either, and they were trying to get off the plane, but they finally let those two ladies off. So at least the three of them would be together and collectively they'd have money, passports, and language. And again, those of us who were on the plane were just relieved because we could just imagine what if you were in a foreign country yourself and this happened to you and you were separated from your party and that person who was left behind would have no way of understanding what had happened. So again, that would be a time where the customer experience and what's important to the customer is far more important than being on time, because we're talking a matter of minutes in this case. 
There was another incident where I was actually calling to reserve a rental car. And it was from a rental car company where I have a deep relationship, do a lot of business and a lot of work. And they even have a specialized line that you call. However, I was renting a car in a foreign country. And there were some nuances about that that I wanted to talk to the agent about. And my impression was the agent was just trying to rush me off the phone and wasn't very customer centric. And as I thought about it later, I said, this person is probably incentivized by how many people they can talk to within an hour rather than the extent to which they can give the customer a good experience, which might take a little bit longer. And so again, the company, your organization has to think about what is this experience going to look like from the customer's perspective and what's going to be their way of taking a look at it. So that means you've got to ask the right questions as an organization and you've got to listen from the point of view of your customers and you've got to build the proper experience and engagement platforms in order to gather that information. I remember on another occasion where a credit card company that I have a relationship with for many, many years, I used to pay mostly in the mail and pay the bill. And I always like to pay on time, pay in full every month. That was the intention. After a while, they came up with a way that you could pay by phone. And this was wonderful because they had started sending the paper bills so late, it was almost impossible to get them back. And especially if you're a person who travels a lot like me. So I love the phone option and I could just call in, get the bill paid and be done with it. They also, though, had introduced an online version and the credit card company, I think they had a preference for people to pay online, which I didn't prefer to do. So they then levied a real high fee if you chose to pay by phone. And I thought, why would a company do this when they're likely to get their money faster on time with the telephone option? Why would they penalize a customer for wanting to do that? And so I kept giving them feedback and they kept saying, yeah, we're moving the feedback forward, but this is the company policy and so on and so forth. Till finally, eventually enough people must have spoken up. They finally got rid of that fee and now I can still pay the bill by telephone. So you have to figure out what do customers want and customers want to be heard. They want to have problems like this fixed and they want to have their questions answered. So there are lots of opportunities when you think about customer experience. You can make the experience personalized. So if you have an organization that facilitates people listening to music that they prefer, you can personalize a playlist of music according to what that customer's preferences are. I know in my case, this particular summer, United Airlines offered a very special benefit to its frequent flyers which was the opportunity to use a relatively low amount of airline points to see Jennifer Hudson in concert in Chicago. And it just so happened I was going to be in Chicago at the time that this concert was taking place. My husband was not scheduled to go on this particular business trip, but when I told him about this particular perk, he decided to go. And so I got a ticket for him. We went. And then at the concert, the airline said, 
all the miles that you've paid to attend this concert, we're going to refund those miles to you, and this is just a customer perk. Well, that was a phenomenal engagement experience. Really loved that. That was just great. Now, you have to get this right. Sometimes if it's, let's say, an online retail scenario and you regularly purchase from a particular store, therefore, they're able to figure out what you might like and send you some promotions for the things you might like. Well, that's great if they get it right and if you like those items. In my case, since I live in Colorado, sometimes those organizations would send me all kinds of outdoor adventure wear and other things because I'm in Colorado. However, I have no interest in things like that. I have much poor New York kind of taste. And so that was annoying to me because they really hadn't taken the time to see what I was purchasing and what my preferences were. Similarly, you don't want to overdo it and end up sending people so many things, maybe items they've looked at before, to the point where you feel like you're being stalked. So instead of feeling like it's personalized, you feel as though Big Brother is watching you or something like that. Other opportunities would be to make sure that people have ready access to someone in your organization. So rather than having to go through a whole bunch of telephone trees and not get any live person, you have a live phone agent available. If they're online, there's the opportunity for a live chat and special phone numbers for your elite clients so they don't have to wait an inordinate amount of time. And then also evening or weekend hours to be available to access your service, particularly for those services that are in person. Customers also are looking for information. So for example, you might be selling, let's say through the mail, you might be selling trees that people can plant or flowers that people can plant. You might be in the business and of creating an instructional video so that it says, how do you make your transplanted trees and flowers grow and last? That might be useful to someone who's purchasing your product. Or you might have a blog with your company so that people can write comments about their experience with your organization. And you can actually have some kind of back and forth answering of questions. Let's say if you're a real estate agent on the blog could be, how do you choose a good home? You know, what are some considerations to keep in mind? So these are all ways that you can engage in different ways with your customers and find out what's important to them and provide it. Some organizations today are using what's called a net promoter score to get a sense about how happy their customers are with the experience that they're having with you. And a net promoter score is a way of rating your organization. It means I'm likely to recommend you to people that I know. And that scale could run from minus 100, like no way in life, all the way to plus 100. And so organizations are collecting data on that so that they can improve the customer engagement and customer experience. So in conclusion here, my observation is that too many leaders invest all of their energy in attracting new customers rather than improving the existing customer experience. Hopefully, I've shared some insights with you today that will facilitate you improving your customer experience. And when you do so, see your business soar. 
You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.